Let's get going with session number three, which we'll call the leader's power source. I think just about everybody here has one of these. And at some point you get that notification, you only have 20% left. What are you going to do about that? Right? I got that right as I got here tonight, right? These don't run forever. They need to be plugged in. They need to be charged up. And and that's where if you're going to pour yourself out for others, you got to be getting charged up. You got to have something that is pouring into you. Where are we going to get that power from? Let's go to John 15 together. We got one more hour left. When I was a telemarketer, when I was in high school, we would call the last hour of the day the, the hour of power, right? Let's push through, right? Let's end on a high note. So I know it's been a long week. It's been uh, maybe a long day for you, but let's push through here um, for this last hour. And let's look here at John 15. And I don't think the people at my telemarketing place knew who Robert Schuler was. So for those of you, let the reader understand. Um, for those of you that that means anything to. John 15. John 15. And this is where, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And he develops this analogy. And in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I abide in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we think of our phones getting plugged in, but also think of grapes and the vineyard. Like they're kind of plugged in, right? They're attached to the vine. And it's the vine that gives the life to the branches so that they can bear fruit. And so, hey, how are you going to pour out into others? How are you going to bear fruit as a spiritual leader? Well, you have to be plugged in to Jesus. You have to be plugged into his strength. You have to remember that without him, you aren't going to do anything. Nothing good will happen without him at work. So what's that, what's that going to look like? Well, let's look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask me whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So even in that verse, we see God's word abiding in us and us asking for whatever we wish and expecting that it will be done. And that's where I think just to put it in pretty common language, I think, hey, if you want to abide in Christ practically, that's going to look like God's word in your life and prayer. That's what it will look like. Read your Bible and pray every single day. That's how you plug in the most practical way. That's not, that's not all of it. That's not everything. But I think that is the most practical way that you plug into the power source every day. I let his word abide in me. I look at the words of Christ. I look at the law of the Lord as we talked about at church last week. And I spend time talking to God, following the example of Jesus, who would often, it says, go away to a desolate place to pray 
and to talk to his father. Now, that is not a a cure-all saying, hey, if you read your Bible and pray, you'll be a spiritual leader. But what I am suggesting is if you don't read your Bible and pray, you won't be a spiritual leader. You need that truth. You need that power source in your life. And that's where you've got to think of those things, time in the word and time in prayer. You've got to think of those things as a get to, not a got to. Oh yeah, I have to read my Bible and pray. It's no, I I, I get to. And and even if you feel like you need to, it's not like, oh, I need to do this because I, it's a, chore I have to get done. It's like, no, I need this because I will die if I don't get this. I will burn out. I will not be effective if I don't have these things in my life. That's where as a pastor, sometimes I get, you know, people that it's like, well, you know, how, how much is enough, right? And I'm like, that is such a flawed question, right? It's like, how much golf is enough? It's like, this, this, you don't get it then. If you, if you even think there's a category for enough, then you don't understand how good this thing is, right? But more than anything in this world, man, time with the Lord, time in prayer, that is good stuff. So I'll, the, the short answer is never. It's never enough. But we seek to give as, as much as we can and we seek to be consistent. And again, not because I need to do this to check a box and to do a chore, but I need to do this for my own soul because I will shrivel up and die and I won't bear fruit if, if I don't have God's word in my life, if I'm not pouring my heart out to him in prayer. So I want to break this kind of into, into two parts. I see a couple faces out there. You came a couple months ago to our revival from the Bible intensive where we spent a whole Friday night and Saturday going deep on all of what we're just talking about in this 30 minute session. But I want you to think about the time you spend in the word, the time you spend in the word, reading God's word, studying God's word, digging deep. And I just want to give you, and again, these might be familiar if you've been at our church for a while. I I use these, these to me even just provide helpful categories, even as I think through uh, God's word, or even as we record revival from the Bible every day, but just kind of three objectives for you in that time in the word. And the first one is learn. You should be seeking to learn. Did you learn something that you didn't know before. That's one thing I love about preaching is it forces me to study every week to, to, to learn things I didn't know, to see things I hadn't seen before. And, and whether you're reading through the Bible, kind of you're tracking with our revival from the Bible plan or uh, either instead of that or in, on top of that, you're, you're studying some book of the Bible. Are you getting there? Are you getting to where that there is something I, I didn't understand before, but now I do? Or there was a verse that used to be confusing to me, but now I could explain it. These are things that we need. And that's where I would encourage you, you get away from your, you know, your quiet time being a revolving pattern of your five favorite passages. Read through the whole Bible. Study a whole book in depth and, and get deeper, right? So that you are adding knowledge to your brain, right? Again, knowledge all by itself is not what we're going for. Knowledge can puff up, right? We need love along with that, but we do want knowledge. We do want to grow. As first, or Second Timothy says, we want to study to show ourselves approved, rightly handling the word of truth. 
And I think, you know, we could ask some of the older saints here in the room, hey, have you run out of things in the Bible that you didn't know before or haven't learned? And I think we'd get a unanimous no. Like, I haven't run out of things to learn in the Bible. So let's keep keep digging deep. And again, that's, that's even like a daily goal, whether you're just reading through the Bible or you're studying something, like don't stop until you've learned something new. And even if you're reading through the Bible in a year, on most days, there should still be something, wait, what is this talking about? And that's where have some good study Bibles or some good Bible software, or some good commentaries that you could maybe help answer those questions or even just spend time reading it, looking at the phrases around it. it just we have really good English translations. Even just spend time reading it multiple times, trying to figure it out. And lots of times as you really look even at the grammar, even in the English, it will, whoa, this is because of that. I hadn't seen that before. Force yourself to learn something new. A second objective would be to worship. We want to worship because even the knowledge that we're seeing, we, we are learning about someone. Scripture is pointing us to God and it's pointing us to see God is amazing. God is better than I ever realized he was. And tomorrow I'll wake up and see, you know what? He's, ever, he's even better than I realized he was yesterday. And we will see more and more of the greatness of God. And this is essential, essential for leaders. The day you stop being amazed at God is the day you will stop being effective as a spiritual leader. And that's one thing God's word should amaze you at the character of God, at the works of God, every time you open it up. And even like we talked about, what motivates Paul to keep going with the Corinthians? Ultimately, I think it's he believes God is worthy. I mean, what motivated Isaiah to keep going even when God said, yeah, they're not going to listen to you because he's holy. That's why I keep going. Because whether people respond or not, God's still holy and he's still worthy of being proclaimed. These are the things that, that we need. We need to see a big God. And if one of the things we're supposed to set the example for is faith, well, how are we going to have faith if we're not feeding that faith with, oh yeah, this is who my God is. These are the great things that he has done. That's who my faith is in. I know I need that as a pastor all the time. And then the third objective, just in your Bible intake, would be apply. Apply it. What changes are going to happen in your life based off of what you've read? Well, how do you need to think differently, feel differently, act differently today because of what you read? And this is where, you know, it connects back to our character. Because the more we learn about the Bible, the more we worship God and see, whoa, this is God, this is the gospel, and apply it, that's going to build that character that we talked about in the last session. All right? Whoa. I'm seeing there's something that is off in my speech. There's something that is off in my conduct or my purity or my faith or my love. I, that needs to change. And I'm seeing that because the mirror of God's word is showing me, but there's something off. So these are things that we want to see, things that we need to see. And then we, 
we spend time in the word, if my word abides in you, right? Ask for whatever you wish. That should lead us to biblical prayer. That should lead us to, to prayer. And, and one thing, even if we talked about revival from the Bible, one thing that I would just very practically encourage you to, to do, this is something that really helps me even just keep my time in prayer from feel like, well, I'm just running through the list and this, I'm praying the same old things for the same old things and the same, using the same old words. I, I like to start my prayer time every day just responding to whatever I've just read. What did I just learn? What did I see about God? What did I see that needs to change into my life? Let me start. God, I just want to start praying through those things. But again, as we think through you know, sometimes we, we pull verses like this out of context. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And we start thinking of prayer as, you know, Aladdin and the lamp and I've got a few wishes. What should I wish for? And then you get real frustrated when something that you wished for didn't happen. And, and that's where I do think we need to some extent understand God has told us what to wish for. He has told us what kinds of things to wish for. And so let's take a quick look at that. Go to Matthew chapter 6. And here, you, you know this verse already, I'm sure, the Lord's Prayer. And I, I think it's helpful to, to break this down. If you look even at the Greek, there are six imperatives in the Lord's Prayer. That, that six things we are asking him for. Um, and, and even, I, I like to encourage people, don't be like he warns people here as the Gentiles do, heaping up empty phrases. Don't be a, a Roman Catholic and think, oh, if I just recite these words over and over, there's some magical power in them. No, there's not. But don't overreact and, and never think through these things because Jesus has given us a template. Pray like this. These are the things you should pray for. And I'd even encourage you, think of these six things every day in your own prayers. Five of the six are focused on spiritual needs. Only one of the six is focused on physical needs. And three of the six actually are, are focused completely on God and what he wants. And then the, the last three are really focused on what you and the people around you need. Let's consider the first three. First, hallowed be your name. Our prayers need to be more focused on this. Our prayers need to be more focused on God's glory. Ask me whatever you wish. If you're praying biblically, whatever you wish will ultimately be about the glory of God. That will be at the top of your prayer request. God, you are holy, you are special, and I want everybody else to see that you are holy, you are glorious, and that there is no one like you. That's the idea there of hallowed. Then let your kingdom come. Are you praying regularly? I think one aspect of this is for people to get saved. Because we are in this time where I don't think there's any way around having some level of already but not yet when it comes to the kingdom of God. I would say, yes, that there's a sense in which the kingdom of God is here with a group of believers gathered together, right? But there's also a sense in not yet where a kingdom has a king. And do you guys, 
I did not see King Jesus get on my TV screen and discuss the Supreme Court's ruling today. I didn't happen. It didn't happen. Because uh, he is not here reigning on this earth. And if he was here reigning on this earth, we wouldn't have needed the Supreme Court's decision today, right? Because everything would be as it's supposed to be. But he is not here. So in this time of, you know, already, we want to see the kingdom of God expanding. How is that going to happen? By people getting saved. Are you praying daily for people to get saved? Whether it's through your church or praying specifically for yourself, God, give me opportunities to share the faith today. You have not because you ask not is an unfortunate reality a lot of times for that. But also when we think through the not yet, I think this means we should be regularly praying for Christ to return. We should be crying out with the early church, Maranatha, come, O Lord, right? We're tired of this nonsense in this world and we want to see King Jesus come and restore what is right. And then we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's where I think there are various levels we should be seeking that, right? Uh, You should be praying that what you see becomes more and more, hey, this is God's will being lived out. And you, I'd say, start with yourself. God, help my life to be a reflection of your will. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your church and even pray for your society. That's why many of us have been praying for years for what happened today, for Roe versus Wade to be overturned. Because God, that does, that's, that's unjust. That is not right. That is not your will on earth. Uh, we we, we want to see that changed, right? So all from you praying for your own sanctification to praying for changes in your nation, right? All come under that uh, your will be done. And then there's the three requests for, for our needs. And I would even notice this, this, even this shouldn't be selfish because it's all plural. Our daily bread, our debts lead us not into temptation, but first daily bread. Even, we th- I mean, I think about the prayer meetings that I grew up going to, and they were mostly focused on physical needs. I felt like we spent most of the time that God would keep uh, his saints from dying and going to heaven, right? That's what we spent most of our time praying for, right? Well, this says, hey, the, the biggest physical need we should be praying for is our daily bread. God, just give us what we need. And I think even if we pray, if you literally thought, just give me what I need for today, you would be less of a complainer. You would be more humble. You would be more dependent on God because you're saying every day, God, give me the food that I need to eat. Give me strength. Give me health, right? And I'm dependent on you for all of those things today. We need to pray for forgiveness. That should be a regular part of our prayer life. If you want to be a spiritual leader, One thing you should be setting the pace in is dealing with your own sin, confessing it, uh, seeking forgiveness, and then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I think really that's a a prayer for protection, even whether that's from physical evil, maybe persecution, but also again, that idea from temptation, God spiritually protect me. And even, I mean, I, I doubt there's a day that goes by where even in your prayer time, as you think through what you're about to experience in your day, where you don't at least see some temptation coming, right? Sure, some temptation surprises us, but there's a lot of temptation in our lives that we can see coming a mile away. Well, guess what? Pray about those things. 
That's what, that's what we need. Just listen to these words from John chapter 14, 12 through 14. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me also will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And again, that's where I think usually we hear verses like that and we start backing away because I think there is, there's some mystery about these verses. There's some, what, what does it mean? Anything, I will do it. Because we all struggle to some extent. Well, all of my prayers don't seem to be coming true. So what does this mean? And unfortunately, it often gets us to back away. Well, it can't mean this and it can't mean this and it basically means nothing. I think what we need to do is lean in to this. But again, this shows us even the prayers in his name. What are they all about? That the father may be glorified in the son. Are you praying those kind of things? If God was answering all of your prayers, what would the world look like? Would it look any different from how it is? Or would a few of your friends be a little healthier, right? If God was answering all your prayers, what would it look like? Are we praying for spiritual things? Are we praying intentionally for people? Uh, These are important things. And I I don't mean this as a cliche in any way. You want to be a spiritual leader, read your Bible and pray every single day. Because that is where some of the biggest battles of spiritual leadership will be fought. In your own heart, as you wrestle with God's word, as you deal with conviction, or as you are broken and needy and your soul clings to the dust, God's word will breathe new life into you. As you see who God is and you see what the gospel is. And some of the biggest is, will come up a lot in these Next session, some of the biggest victories in spiritual leadership will be won in prayer with you and God and nobody else around. That's where some of the biggest battles of leadership are going to be fought. So let us not forget the leader and his power source or her power source. You got to be plugged into Jesus and practically, I don't think there's any way to do that without the word and prayer being a daily frequent part of your life. Any questions on that before we go on to our last session for the night? All right. Well, again, at the end, if there's questions, and there might be more after this next one.